Hello ladies and gentlemen on YouTube. Today we're continuing with the summaries. Um, as always, I wanted to also mention that I'm going to upload all videos that extend longer than 30 minutes onto Spotify, uh, which means that uh, probably I'm going to mute the music. Well, I'm going to mute the music and all you're going to hear is just me talking. Any of these videos are going to be on Spotify. Of course, you're going to miss out on any pictures that I reference to. And sometimes it might be tricky for me to keep keep that in mind. But I'm going to try to keep it in mind for the people that want to listen, it, listen in on Spotify. And then maybe I'm going to be able to have uh, this as some kind of podcast together with Spotify. Maybe they'll work together with me to put it on the league section. Because that could be pretty, pretty cool. Just uh, group days, uh, summaries and, and so forth. Uh, nevertheless, let's just jump into the action. Team Liquid started off uh, in the group stage with a loss. Uh, looking at the draft, um, you know, Machi X Esports, I looked at them as a team that is very, very similar to Team Liquid. I thought they were kind of Team Liquid light. A lot of the games they won weren't through some big early game wins. Usually it was just through better and more decisive macro uh, that uh, started at some point in the game where, where the mid game and late game was much more relevant. So this is a very, very precise team. Very precise team that um, when they get ahead, they stay ahead. Similar to Team Liquid in that fashion. And um, if we looked at, looked at Team Liquid versus, for example, FlyQuest, uh, in, those, in that best of five uh, teams with two very similar styles, it all came down to who had time as a friend. In this particular draft, you can see Machi X Esports has instantly the time as a friend. The Orn is going to be unbelievably powerful. Uh, the Syndra is very good to all of these uh, long-range mages because the stun is long enough to, to reach them. And then you have the Ezreal for the poke and... Um, the ability of, for Team Liquid to force here is going to be uh, non-existent. This is one of those drafts where Graves is not going to scale well either because he's just too uh, short range against uh, the Ezreal, the Karma, and the Syndra, and the Volibear and Orn, if they play accordingly, they're going to be able to just supply uh, the rest of the team with just a front line. But of course, you look at Team Liquid's side, the Graves needs to find an advantage, Mordekaiser needs to find an advantage, because otherwise these cha champions are just going to be, you know, uh, better, uh, completely better. Uh, you know, Volibear and Orn are just going to turn out better. So Machi X Esports they did the Shen ban to supply the Orn, Twisted Fate as well removed, and then of course uh, Twitch for our dear uh, Tactical, who had a, a wonderful uh, time uh, with, of course, uh, the the Twitch Rakan combo that they played. We have the own first pick, Grace Oriana is the answer. And in a lot of cases, it's not too bad, right? It's not too bad, but already Orn is pretty decent into Graves. So you need to be very mindful of this as you continue the draft. Volibear Syndra is locked in, and uh, right now it all comes down to the 2v2 mid. Who maneuvers the 2v2 mid uh, better? I think the setup is easier for Volibear Syndra, and Graves Oriana requires a lot better execution. And as, even though Graves Oriana did well, it was against a Lucian and a Jarvan the last time we saw it. Uh, but I thought it was bold looking at this draft that they actually give up Graves. I was very unhappy when the Mordekaiser came down here because right away you put yourself on a timer. You put yourself on a timer, it's tricky. Let me just close the door because my dear, dear Elena is in the kitchen. I was about to do an inappropriate joke, but yeah. 
uh, let's uh, leave it <laughs> leave it out. I'm okay, thank you, Angel. I'm recording somebody. Could you please close the door? Thank you. Mordecai gets locked in, so that instantly puts you on a timer, right? The Orn is something that is going to, you know, on site might have difficulties into, into Mordecai's. Uh, but when the game was less about team fights and side was more relevant, you know, Leandri's was a point in time where it was like a break point where Mordecai's would begin to slowly, you know, beat Orn. But Orn, like, that's not no longer relevant. Volibear had a lot of um, things to say in this game. Volibear got a first blood onto the Oriana, and Mission was just snowballing the hell out of the lane after that that happened. Cinder was super far ahead. Mission had a monster CS lead. Estrue Kamo was doing well in the game. And after Volibear got the kill onto Mordor, got the kill into mid, that was enough to just put Team Liquid in the grave because they looked uh, like the, their good old self. I think uh, the only thing that really happened in the early game was Team Liquid got a kill on bottom side, but Caitlyn Lux cracking Ezreal Karma is kind of too much to ask for. I think in terms of how these teams uh, match up stylistically, I think what you need to watch out for Machi X is just they they stuck true to their style. You know, people teams are trying to figure out Graves and and Lilia, and when Lilia is out of the picture, it isn't as straightforward as teams want to make it out to be. Like, we've seen a lot of teams uh, struggle with Graves. We've seen a lot of teams struggle with Lilia too. And here is just them throwing a Volibear jungle in there. And the way you need to play the game and the way you want to draft is pretty straightforward. Um, I think uh, Machi X just kind of did what they wanted to do. I, I don't think they had some kind of special comfort champions because... Across the board, these are champions that they have played in the past, but these players have pretty uh, decent champion pools, and I think uh, that's something that uh, Machiex definitely have as an advantage against Team Liquid. The kill happened mid, and uh, Mission really, really mid-gapped this game, and uh, there was no recovery. Graves was just uh, suffocated for the rest of the game, and Team Liquid couldn't find anything proactive. Because most of the time, I think... Proactivity comes from the top and support position for Team Liquid, and when they are sitting on a Mordecai's and Lux, there is very little space for them to gain. Uh, you pick Lux together with Caitlyn uh, strictly for the lane phase, and in general together with Caitlyn, these are the type of champions you have to pick for the synergy. You think Trash, you think uh, Lux, you think uh, uh, something else. But CoJJ looked the best when he was playing, for example, the Rakan and... Uh, Caitlyn just, Caitlyn Rakan is a trash lane. You're just not going to, uh, you know, uh, do something with it. They picked Mordecai's on three. Other options against Orn could be, I don't know, you could uh, maybe just pick a tank and be happy with it, you know, just to supply your graves uh, with something. You could definitely look to just pick a Maokai and suffer in the matchup and, you know, be all right. I, I wouldn't mind that. I would love... Uh, uh, teams to take uh, that approach a, a little bit more. But um, aesthetically, you know, trading Orn for Graves or Rihanna is not something that makes, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's not like on people are going to be shocked by it, right? It's something that is okay. This is something we saw in the play-ins. And uh, Team Liquid's Graves was something we were excited about. But I just think Mordecai's are, 
is a champion that just it's tough to pull off, you know, it works if you play against a Camille and you solo kill the guy, but I, I feel like Morda is, in most of the games that I see, this champion is just has a very hard time. Another thing that could potentially be picked here is, of course, uh, GP. I, I was expecting GP here or a tank. I thought uh, it has been universally agreed that uh, our dear impact is going to be a weak side top laner, but early on, the atomization for Orn is going to be so easy, he's going to relax. Uh, Rakan trash ban. I think this, these were decent target bans into code JJ. Rakan doesn't go, go through, but he could have also just picked Rakan third and uh, you know tanked a couple of more top lane bans and and be good. I think they could have been uh, very very good and well off. And when Team Liquid don't have that same level of agency in the support and the top lane role when it comes to you know uh engaging and so forth i think team liquid might have a better chance but this was just a slow and painful death for team liquid after those two gangs of volleyball landed so with that in mind i think the next time uh, team liquid just to need to recognize that need they need to have time as a friend and then uh, just uh, play solid in the early game i think when team liquid has time on their side they are good at holding their ground but holding your ground against a team that is going to uh, scale better than you is kind of pointless and that's the only thing that Team Liquid did after uh, they uh, gave up some leads this was uh, just uh, jungle gap mid gap was uh, pretty big in this one we continue on to the next game and I have to admit you know this was the first game of the day so my memory is a little bit vague a little bit vague so take it with a grain of salt I recommend that you go watch it in preparation for the next one though I think Team Liquid as I mentioned just time as their friend G2 versus Suning, probably the most hyped game of uh, the whole World Championship. Uh, Draft-wise, you know, uh, there were some things that stood out. Nidalee, Lilia, blue side ban, that's pretty much conceding that you're not going to play these champions for the rest of the tournament. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Caitlyn ban on blue, all right, we, we, we don't have any issue with it. Twist of Fae, first pick. Surprising, you know, the thing that is surprising the most is, I think G2, uh, looking at the way they drafted here is, uh, throughout their bootcamp, this is something that they practice a lot. Uh, they, they practice a lot in this bootcamp because if you look at G2 strengths, you instantly think of Caps and Wunder. Caps and Wunder were the best performance uh, in recent times, and uh, putting them on Twisted Tate Volibear puts a lot of uh, that power into the hands of others. You know, Wunder played a great game, but it just matters less because he's on Volibear. You know, Volibear is fine into Renekton, Shen and Orn are removed uh, on Suning's side. You could even think that Suning were banning for for uh, a potential Fnatic matchup. The, these are bans that seem to work against every European team. We have a little bit of a European meta uh, developing. Right? Shen, Lucian, Orn banned for the Renekton blind pick, the Renekton first pick, Volibear as a counter. You know, from... An aesthetic point of view, meaning, you know, in this particular game, looking at, uh, you know, if we look at the matchup in a vacuum, I don't have a problem with Volibear into Renekton, but uh, you would wish that um, G2 would have the guts to, to know, you know, go for more. But I think this is, you know, a good starting point. I think Volibear into Renekton, you know, it's all right. I don't think it's that big of an issue. Syndra gets picked into Twisted Fate. Of course, winning matchup for Syndra, but most matchups into Twisted Fate are... Uh, Graves gets locked in, and in this position, I think Graves is the premium jungler. Uh, Lee Sin gets locked in. If there was if there was any other jungler in this tournament, I would be worried. But this is so FM uh, Lee Sin, 
the, the story of him is completely different. You know, seeing Renekton Leeson on the same red side, in a lot of positions, uh, I would be like, eh, really? We don't really like that. But SoFM's Leeson <laughs> scales good because <laughs> he plays good. And he has a very interesting build that seems to work and uh, I enjoy uh, what I see. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's, it's hard to talk bad about it when it works. You know, that's that's the silliness of it. And he, he pulls it off. And in this game, he completely massacred uh, Jankos in the jungle. Jankos had a very, very terrible um, performance. Uh, Kalista gets banned. You know, one of uh, Perk's classics. Um, uh, Thresh has a response. I was very surprised with the Tom Kench bans. Uh, like, why on earth is Tom Kench being banned here? I thought the obvious choice would be uh, Leona. But I guess uh, what they're afraid of is just Mercury value. But I, I don't really care about Mercury that much if uh, you are Lee Sin, Ash, and Renekton on the same team. I think if if uh, if Blue Side is buying Mercury, I think that's that's all right. You know, I think that's uh, not a problem. Uh, Nautilus is also fine into Ezreal uh, and Bard, no problem at all. Uh, Mercury doesn't have as much of a value against Nautilus. We don't mind that. But the Tamkenj ban was very confusing. Uh, Swordlord also really loves uh, the Nautilus, but I think Nautilus Leona kind of uh, leads to uh, the same ending here. Ezreal Bard gets locked in. I really, really like this rotation, and I think this kind of made G2's comp much better than the enemy composition. Because Bard into Ash Syndra, naturally super, super good. Ezreal realistically shouldn't die against the enemy team. Uh, this is uh, very, very strong for five picks, but the only thing you're obviously worried about is... Uh, the lane phase. The lane phase will be the question mark. And in this game, honestly, Ezreal did quite well. They, they survived and there was a key moment where Ash and Nautilus went for a base where the wave was not in a good position. And this gave Ezreal Bard a lot of breathing room and even so far as a CS advantage. And that just shouldn't happen when you're playing Ash and uh, Nautilus. We are going to go into a deep dive on this channel uh, and a review because it's hard to summarize this without the visual. But this game was Sooning completely in control. Jankos did very silly invades because Syndra against Twisted Fate. Twisted Fate has no prior. Graves needs to do like something crazy, you know, like level two, you know, level two attack it or, you know, break uh, something, make some sacrifices with Bard maybe to get TF some breathing room. But that breathing room never came and then the first time Graves showed up in mid lane was him invading, invading the enemy raptors and surprisingly even before that death happened he was already behind he was already behind and Leeson was already uh, level 5 to his 4 and um, Suning had a bit of a lead already at that point in the game and Graves invaded died to Syndra and that made the TF lane even harder eventually Suning kept snowballing they they got Drake after Drake and they kept suffocating G2 uh, and um, the only thing that G2 had going on for them was the occasional kill with the Bard ultimate and they burned flashes and so forth. This game went on for forever and um, the composition in Ezreal and Bard definitely uh, delivered eventually. Uh, Suning had the Ocean Soul which um, made it uh, uh, very tricky for G2 to win fights, but as long as the enemy champions are not hitting you, you're not going to gain any region uh, region at all from the ocean. So you need to hit things. Um, there were some mispositions by Angel that gave G2 opportunities. Gold cards were landed, and I think uh, 
even though everyone's giving uh, uh, Perks a lot of credit here, there were a lot of fights where he got caught and died because Suning were very good at positioning around uh, the Drake fights. Uh, eventually, uh, in the key fights that decided the game, I think uh, Perks did step up, and as the game progressed, he did, in fact, play better, but it's hard to forgive some of those moments that happen in the game, too. Ezreal, uh, Bard were definitely like the key pieces that made the big difference here in the draft because there's a lot of sinning going on in the first three picks on both sides and then Ezreal Bard kind of neatly ties everything together, uh, which we appreciate. I think Caps also had a beautiful performance considering his lane matchup is so damn hard. And I thought coming into this tournament that G2 would put more of a focus onto the TF and onto, of course, uh, I mean, not onto the TF, but more onto the Caps and Wunder and giving them more agency. But here, uh, the Bard is a very strong pick into the enemy champions, and Mickey played some of the best League of Legends I've seen uh, from him uh, all year long. If he continues in this form, uh, all of a sudden G2 is looking like they have three players that can compete with the absolute best, and uh, that's uh, super, super important. Perks was ramping up, Perks was ramping up, and Jankos needs to uh, completely reset because that just uh, doesn't fly. And Suning, I think, when it comes to their drafting, I think they have strong enough lanes across the board to uh, allow themselves to be greedier. They can be a lot greedier. I think uh, they can uh, draft compositions that are going to be better in the mid to late game. I don't think they need to be so heavy-handed on... Uh, the lane matchups. Uh, this is something that might work more in an LPL environment where, uh, you know, egos clash and fights happen very, very often and big leads are blown out of the water from the get-go. But even in this game, they were in a winning position and they kind of threw it away. Uh, this was definitely, you know, Suning's game to lose, 100%. And uh, G2 kind of stole it away from death. But with the way the group is shaping out, I think G2 can definitely drop games to TL and Machi X. Uh, I know a lot of fans uh, of Team Liquid are just, uh, you know, completely disappointed. But it's only one game, so please, uh, please relax. You know, I think nothing is decided yet, and uh, there's uh, definitely a world where uh, Team Liquid definitely step up. I, I just think the draft uh, made it very difficult for them, and maybe they underestimated Machi X. I think. Um, I, I, I want to give praise to G2 as well for recognizing that their real bard uh, is good because I don't think this was something that was planned. Them banning Tom Kench definitely shows me that it wasn't planned and Ezreal bard was just uh, the lock-in that uh, solved the game for them. Uh, Ezreal bard scales so good into the rest of the champions and uh, at the risk of sounding like a one-string banjo, we continue uh, to the next game. This was a very interesting one as well because this really showcased Damwon's precision when it comes to every aspect of the game. Rogue drafted a composition that is going to struggle in the lane phases and then eventually have uh, you know strong team fights together with the Tarek, Hecarim, and uh, Syndra, Kalista, and so forth. Damwon, if they are stronger than you in the early game on paper, they are going to really get a lead they're going to get a lead canyon on graves delivering once again on a different champion like the only thing that went wrong for Lamo on this game really was barrels you know overcommitment. many times you know the only opportunities that rogue got 
was when uh, Barrow uh, kind of ran it down. You know, he dove and he gave uh, Larson a couple of kills here and there. And uh, that was the only sense of opportunity uh, that was felt. The Lulu technology is also super, super interesting. I think um, the build was also super beautiful. I was very happy to see uh, Lulu uh, in competitive because this is something we've seen in Solo so, so much and it's strong and competitive for uh, very similar reasons. He didn't go for some, you know, Chad Lulu build like Captain Flowers was hoping, but uh, Lulu into Gangplank is something that she's going to do well in. She's going to have Pryo. I know a lot of people want to point fingers to Finn, but this is not really on him. I think Rogue drafted something uh, that had clear weaknesses and Damon exposed them and with that exposure took this game all the way to the grave. And some people were saying that, oh, Rogue versus Damon was way more competitive than JDG and Damon. And I want to respectfully disagree because never at any point in the game did I feel like Rogue had a chance. I think uh, this is a tough draft to execute. Too greedy. I don't think Damon is the team that you can go greedy against. Uh, Camille ban, TF ban, Nidley ban, understandable after that first game. Uh, three champions that, of course, Rogue don't want to play. I still like that Rogue, uh, you know, recognize, you know, they are trying their thing. They're doing their own thing and they recognize the strengths of their players and they're not trying to pretend. You know, if we were, if this was Mad Lions playing against Damon, they would first pick Camille or some shit and they would kid themselves, right? It would just be a, a lie. If if Barrow didn't run it down, uh, I think this would could have been one of the most clean games that we would have all tournament long. Uh, this was a Damon masterclass. Uh, Hecarim gets locked in and I like the Silas technology too. Uh, this is something that he's very happy to pick into uh, the Syndra. And uh, Hecarim Ultimate is such a premium ultimate that you should really, really, you know, just wow. It's, it's a fantastic ultimate. Hecarim's ultimate has a one-to-one -one AP scaling. And then the Syndra ultimate is, of course, not ideal, but it's all right. It's okay. And then knowing Finn's champion pool and what he prefers to play, you know almost guaranteed that uh, Silas is going to have a great ultimate. Um, Finn is leaning towards the tanks, and all, all tanks have just OP ultimates. Think of the tanks. Maokai, Orn, Malphite, and then GP, he's a, he's a weak side top laner too. You know, these are four champions that give fantastic Silas ultimates. So I really, really like this uh, this fourth pick too. You already have a guaranteed strong ult, and you, you got uh, another two more here uh, because Rogue wanted to just make a draft that is strong. Here there was room for some, you know, cocktail if you wanted to send Lulu Ash into Borom, into Tarek, and maybe you could win the lane harder. I like the Lulu into GP though, and just keeping Pantheon bot. I think uh, you don't need to uh, cocktail it too much. This game, Kalissa Tarek held their own, and that was cool. Um, I, I liked the itemization of down one. They went for Lethality Graves. Um, once again, this was uh, a goddamn clinic. I think Lulu is something that we're going to see more of. And I think this draft was very well-rounded in the way Damwon uh, executed their fights. They played it very patient. They took it slow. Uh, Rogue hung on and didn't give up, you know, some, some glaring uh, leads and they didn't really run it down. They tried to find their opportunities, which is, you know, good in itself, but they never really had a chance. They didn't stand a chance. And uh, uh, Damwon showing that they can play so many different styles. 
And I think that's so key because everyone's question mark pinging is Graves a useful champion? Everyone's question mark pinging is it really a useful champion? If if Canyon uh, is playing it, I am not worried. Uh, Canyon right now looking like an absolute beast of a player, and that one really really impresses on the first two days. I really recommend uh, if anyone loves beautiful League of Legends, this is the game to watch. In terms of changes, what you want to do for Rogue, you know, stylistically for Rogue, you know, it's hard to say that they should push for changes. You know, they have some strengths, some weaknesses. I think if anything, you would love to see a Graves first pick instead of a Hecarim. You know the Graves is going to come in and Graves is very happy to play into Hecarim. He is going to have a target that he's going to be able to hit in team fights, And um, Graves naturally has true grit, which gives him a lot of armor. He is better than him early on. And... Um, I think uh, this is just, uh, you know, I, I don't think this is a matchup that you can give up uh, to a team like Damwon. Damwon just seem like they don't have weaknesses right now. And uh, I think uh, we just have to wait for the JDG Damwon matchup again. If JDG can find a better draft and not uh, completely run it down, uh, you know, completely run it down in the in the level one, where, of course, Jin got the first blood and, and so forth, uh, then maybe we might have a real matchup and then we can begin to rate Damwon higher and higher. Uh, we continue. You know, I just wanted to wrap up the point about Rogue. I think in, in Rogue's case, they're just sticking to their guns, you know. If it was a different team, you know, if we are looking at this from, from, uh, from a vacuum standpoint, you go for Graves here. And then, of course, when Ash gets locked in, you choose your choice. Like here, Kalista against Ash on paper, that's not so good, but Hans Hammer likes Kalista. So it's tough to, you know, argue against the choices Rogue is making. Because once again, they recognize their strengths. They're, they're trying to pull them off. And uh, I don't think you should, you know, flip the script upside down for your team just because you're facing Damwon. And uh, if... Rogue is facing a team that is on better, uh, like on paper better than them. I think Rogue is not going to be the team that beats uh, those teams because they are not playing some high variance playstyle. But I did enjoy what they did against PSG. Like if they can pull off like a level one gank onto Showmaker and, you know, take control of the game early, that could be, you know, uh, the difference because the Rogue with the lead still looks uh, very dangerous. We continue on to PSG versus JTG. This was just a massacre. Uh, this was surprising from a draft point of view. Orn gets locked in, set Ash, Graves gets picked, and um, and Jin into Ash. This is something we see often. Silas get locked in. I thought it was a set jungle or a set support. Silas top into Orn. Natural stuff. Leona Trash ban into Pantheon pick. Surprising that Pantheon doesn't get banned. Kindred Lilia is is banned <laughs> for five here. Two of Kanavi's special champions. Syndra is the blind pick, and then Echo as a counter. So it's a very wild draft, you know, there's options here. You can send set support, Pantheon jungle, Silas uh, top, and then you can set set jungle, uh, Pantheon support. But they decided to go for Silas jungle, and then echo mid, and then set top. Now set is decent into Orn. We saw this matchup twice uh, today. It's, it's decent, you know, it has its purpose, you know, against Orn. But... In this environment, you know, picking Silas and then having Set in the jungle is going to increase the power of your early game, I believe, because you have Silas into Orn, and then Set is uh, the jungler that is going to be better for impacting mid, because Silas Echo to be too mid. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> Silas Echo to be too mid. What, what, what is this? It doesn't really exist. 
Silas Jungle doesn't excite me too much because this cha- this champion has such a slow clear speed. Like this, this champion clears jungle. You see him all attack for forty, uh, and uh, it it is just silly. I feel like JDG kind of uh, just gets away with this because of how much better they are. The Pantheon is fantastic in Lumao's hands. Lumao really, really massacred this game on Pantheon. It started with the dive on Borom, and then afterwards, Silas gets a kill. You know, Silas, borderline is the same like Kane. Like, it's the same champion like Kane. You, the moment you reach AP jungle item, you, it's like evolving. Boom. He, he evolves. He evolves into a real champion, and uh, he begins to clear at a decent rate. And uh, he gets an early kill. They dove bot, Pantheon Ash, big bot diff. Like, I don't understand why the hell you want to pick Bard here. The enemy is showing Silas and Set, and you're picking Bard. Um, it is already, like, there's already champions that you're not that good against. And you're giving Silas a Bard ult. You have Syndra, Jin, and Orn on your team, and you're giving Silas a Bard ult. And you're picking Bard into Pantheon. Like, that matchup is not good. Like, what on earth? It is uh, very, very strange that Bard comes in here. Cinder Blind Pick is, you know, alright. It's not terrible. I think it's strange that we see so little Zoe. I thought this is a good Zoe spot, but um, I don't know exactly what Tank plays. So I, I can't say that it was correct for him. But I'm surprised by how little Zoe we see in this tournament. Because we have some fantastic Zoe players at this tournament. But Zoe Blind looks good to me, especially when Silas is showing. You don't give an ult that is useful. And then in terms of picking support, like just just go Nautilus or even Tom Kenshir. Like imagine you have Zoe, Tom, and then you have Orn, Graves, Jin. Like that's a composition that uh, can fight back. The enemy has Pantheon and Ash, and Tom can be all right against that. You know, you can save your AD carry, you can prevent the arrows, and uh, you can be good. You know, you can be good. But they went for the Bard. Give Silas Bard ult. Give yourself a shit matchup. Why not? There's no real target here to Bardult except Ash, but that's going to be the least of your problems because she's going to just fire arrows from a distance. Echo gets the last pick. Of course, good into Bard, good into Graves, good into Jin, uh, good into Syndra. Orn uh, is, doesn't mind Echo at all, uh, but of course, he's not that good of an old target, so Echo is just a prime time pick. If Silas gets ahead, he's a jungle that functions. If he doesn't, he looks kind of strange. JGG completely annihilated PSG. This was uh, very embarrassing, and PSG are looking like they're going to go 0-6 in this group because PSG is not going to beat Damon. Uh, let's not uh, kid ourselves. Uh, this was just annihilation. This was this was cruel, very very cruel. This was whew, this this was quick, and if you want to learn how to play Pantheon, uh, yeah, this is the champion. Someone in chat asked the good questions. We don't see Akali or Zoe. Some explanations, please. So Zoe, I don't know too much. Because Zoe makes sense to me uh, because it can synergize with Graves. I think Graves as a a jungler loves to play with Zoe because Zoe has Pryo and can give that to Graves. Akali is not that good right now in the current jungle meta because Akali doesn't give anything to his jungler. When we're seeing Graves, Nidalee, Lilia, all of these champions don't synergize good with Akali. But when other jungle champions, other jungle champions start to show up, 
that is going to be all right. You know, that's going to be good. I guess in this spot here, maybe they were afraid of picking Zoe because the enemy can go set mid, but and then like I don't know, last pick Evelyn, <laughs> that could be that could be something. Uh, I don't know, um, but but Zoe can you can't go Zoe mid together with an AP jungle. That's an argument against it. You can't really play Zoe when there's tanks on the enemy team. That's an argument against it. Uh, but uh, Akali just just can't give anything to his jungler. Uh, that's the problem. But I think when jungle bans start to land with Nidalee Graves out, uh, I think Akali can begin to show up again. We saw Top Esports play it. I don't think it's a bad champion. I think it's a strong champion in the right spots. Uh, so I don't think uh, we're not going to see it. Next one in line is Genji versus TSM. And this was kind of a tragedy. I think everyone knows because you can just see in game. Uh, I, what, what I want to see from, from TSM that we haven't seen in two games now is... Everyone was very excited about uh, Bjergsen and uh, Speaker playing together. I think Speaker played good this game. I actually think Speaker played good this game. There's no way in hell that you can actually put any blame on Speaker in this game because he found ganks somehow. He found ganks on top, he found a kill on bottom side, which is very, very difficult to do when you're getting shoved in almost everywhere. It's just so surprising to see the Zillion pick actually make an appearance here at the world stage because you're laning against a set. Like there was a point in time in this in this lane matchup where Set was hitting the tower. Set was hitting the tower because he just you know this glacial augment Zillion doesn't do anything to him. He can just ignore him. Like there's nothing that Zillion can do. Really. But what can he do? And I think there's a lot of matchups that are the same for Zillion. Like Zillion, realistically, in most matchups should be losing. But here in the jungle meta, giving up that much prior is too much. What kind of synergy does Zillion and Diddly really have? Nothing. Nothing at all. It is terrible. Terrible to pick it together. And this is supposed to be, you know, the Bjergsen-led team. And with the decisions that TSM are making in draft, doesn't seem like they know this themselves. And I think Speaker performed well in this game. He really did. To find ganks in such situations is difficult. And you can blame Genji for that, or you can, you know, uh, speak well about Speaker for that. But either way, I think, you know, he did a good job with the circumstances he were put in. Uh, Renekton Nidalee, sure, is strong. Volibear gets locked in together with Lilia. You know, this is one of those positions where Lilia, as an example, is a good champ. Because here, all the forms of CC are very dodgeable for Lilia. Very, very dodgeable. You have the set already. Uh, you're going to have an AD mid, most likely, if BDD chooses to play it. Uh, you can send it bottom too, so you have options. But Lilia, there's no real CC besides the Renekton W. Uh, you can kite here. You can stay alive in the fights long with a couple of stacks. And this was one of the better spots for Lilia, especially with the Karma last pick. So I liked it. I really liked it. Why didn't they pick Azir as a question from the chat? Well, Azir is banned. Azir is banned. They targeted BDD on this, which is kind of strange. I think Azir is kind of outdated. And um, I think BDD can play enough champions to have like an equal impact uh, to Azir. So I wouldn't really invest a ban into this. Kalista... All right, you know, Ruler Kalista is very, very dangerous. But once again, Kalista is not 
that big of a pick in this meta? Like, do, do you care if you're playing against Ruler Ash or Ruler Callista? Maybe this is just a question of what you're being used to. But this reminds me too much uh, of the Mad Lions draft back when they picked like GP, Nidalee, Senna uh, together and uh, there's just uh, nothing to, to provide there. I think the biggest issue that TSM have run into is when they have Nidalee and Twisted Fate is banned, there's nothing that TSM have shown that can play together with Nidalee. And when Twisted Fate is banned, they need to lower their priority on Nidalee. That's how I see it. And um, Zilli and Nidalee have no synergy. Syndra and Nidalee is also not that fantastic. TF Nidalee, synergy, right? That's good. Uh, you click set, that has synergy. But we haven't seen TSM pull that off. So you have to put this Nidalee pick into question. Nidalee and Ecton, good. What is your follow-up? What is your mid laner that is going to supply this with additional power? All in all, Genji, uh, you know, did super well in lanes. I thought Volibear's build was kind of weird considering he is into Renekton. Like, he didn't have a single armor item for a very long time. And he had Mercury, which I guess against uh, Renekton Nidalee is uh, alright. But he didn't have any armor stats. But um, with the set prior... Lillian Seth just invaded and took everything that Nidalee owns. They took her pants, they took her camps, they took her shirt, almost stole away her spear. That how, that's how cruel it was. And then uh, Genji was just first on most objectives, and uh, Ezreal Karma kept the prio, and there were serious advantages across the board. Then eventually, with the platings being gone, Ezreal Karma getting a mana immune base, they began to also uh, win out the lanes. And then everything uh, was just looking inevitable for Genji. The only hope the TSM had was the couple of kills that uh, Speaker set up for uh, through lane ganks. And that was the only opportunity he had in this game. And being that suffocated as an Italy is very, very boring. There's just no reason to draft together Senna Zillian in the same team. And then Renekton is your carry. You're going to speed them up and he's going to 1v9 or what? Like, I, I don't see what the idea here is. I think it's kind of hoping that the enemy team plays bad and that's not something that you can do at this level. I want to see TSM in a light where they uh, put more agency onto the 2v2 mid, uh, give us a chance to see what Bjergsen is made of because these last two games we saw nothing. And uh, uh, sure, you know, maybe against Fnatic he roamed once into topside, but other than that, not really much was going on. And I know Bjergsen is good, but maybe the comfort of playing in North America is uh, is something that is, you know, felt in, in, in TSM's bones. But then again, they both camped uh, in preparation for this World Championship, and I'm hoping they, you know, can show us so much more. So much more. And the Senna pick for double lift. I don't know. Can he play anything else? <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Twitch got banned. Maybe he can play Twitch. I'm not sure. I think uh, Senna Rakan did decently fine in lane. Considering Ezra Karma is not like the easiest thing to lane against. Karma has been uh, nerfed. But it just didn't matter. You know. Genji reached two core on Ezreal. And then it was just over. Uh, Ruler Ezreal took over the game. This is Ruler Ezreal we're talking about, you know, it's absolutely crazy.
A lot of people have been asking me about Volibear Renekton. I think Volibear can, can win this matchup, definitely. I think uh, the advantage that Renekton has is uh, uh, the, the, the gank setup is a bit better, but the champions uh, serve a very similar purposes. I think in team fights, Volibear has an easier time with Axis, uh, but uh, Renekton does have a better burst. I think Volibear also has more itemization options. He can build more tanky and so forth and just go along with the flow of the game. Can eventually get maybe Solari or something. Uh, but uh, I think it's a decent pick into the Renekton depending on your uh, jungle pick. But it's not like that one side that it's like, oh, Voli uh, is picked into Renekton. Renekton is countered. I, I don't think it's that extreme. But I think Voli has more to say in terms of dictating uh, the wave position you know if he has stacks to hit on his passive from level one and can maintain the push i think volibear 1v1 wins but if he's not allowed to and renekton can stack rage then i think renekton wins so it all comes down to the flow of the game and in, in top lane in my opinion anyhow uh, we continue lgd versus fanatic once again, you know, the Western teams uh, did uh, very silly uh, drafts here in Group C. So this is a situation where LGD decide to ban Evelyn, Lucian, Shen. We like the Shen ban because it supplies Oren with an opportunity to do even better. So we have the Oren lock-in, Graves, Syndra, 1-2 for Fnatic. In some cases, I would be like, yeah, this, this is all right. But keep in mind that... You know, we have Nidalee open, so I think this shows that uh, maybe when Lucian is out, Selfmade did play five games of solo queue Nidalee, played a lot of Nidalee in the past. Fnatic as a team is not ready to play Nidalee, yeah? Because if this is a high-level team, I think what you look for here is set Nidalee rotation, and that gives you a lot of options. Nothing is decided in the draft and uh, the enemy is going to not have the greatest time. I think that's just the best rotation to do into the Orn. And then you have so many options on third. You can look to go Camille, you can look to uh, pick Pantheon uh, for your super role. Uh, you can send set top into Orn, you can set set mid. You just have so many options. But of course, this is not Fnatic. You know, these things that I'm explaining is not Fnatic. I'm just talking from the point of view of, like, what do you do to react to the own first pick? Graves, Syndra are two champions that are not that great into Orn. The strength that they have is the 2v2 mid, mid is quite strong. But Fnatic, is this a team that we associate with strong 2v2 mid? No, no, no. They don't play 2v2 mid at all. So this was very surprising, very shocking. Kindred Echo get locked in. And uh, Echo in isolation does well against Syndra. But against Graves Syndra, you definitely can snowball enough to cause damage. But this is not what Fnatic usually do. This is not something that Fnatic are known for. That's why I was a bit confused. You can see, you can see one of my tweets. I was like, I think this is a heavy draft win for LGD because they got everything they're comfortable on. She loves to play Echo into Syndra. Kindred for peanuts in a good, uh, in a good state, uh, like good game. You know, it's, it's just. Kindred is having a decent game in this uh, situation. And then we have the Thresh. The Thresh that has been banned so many times. You know, you could also say after, you know, a team like uh, Fnatic maybe definitely should just look to ban Orn here when Shen is out and, Evelyn, and Lucian and Evelyn is out. 
I think if you don't play, if you're not willing to go set Nidalee in, in here on, on one and two, I think you, you are in trouble in this draft uh, against the Orn. Thresh gets picked and um, Echo doesn't give a fuck about Thresh. Thresh is one of the, you know, it's, it's, it's a decent support against most champions because it's largely dependent on your skill. But Echo is very happy to play into these three champs. Uh, there's no hard CC here. Phase Rush is going to do wonders. You can play Phase Rush Echo. You can go Electrocute. This is a very, very fun game already for Echo and Orn. You know, these are three champions that aren't like really insanely good into Orn and Echo. Uh, Ezreal, Rakan uh, get banned. And then we have the Jin fourth pick. So I, I get it when teams pick Jin into Ash. You know, I get completely when they pick Jin into Ash. It's all right. But you see on the blue side, you see Echo and Orn already. Jin isn't that fantastic into it. But to be fair, if we think about it, which AD carry is? I don't know. But at least you can look to maybe 5-pick AD carry and maybe you can find something that is more ideal. Maybe you can look to play Caitlyn here. Maybe Caitlyn would be the ideal one. Maybe people need to play Zyra Khan again. I, I, I don't know. The AD carries are not that great into tanks right now. But I think Caitlyn probably would have been the best. Like Trash Caitlyn, you at least have a strong lane. And then, you know, you have some options to follow up on some CC. You have champions that want to play in a similar fashion. Trash, Syndra and Caitlyn are very similar. You know, I, I see that a lot of people in the chat are just writing random AD carry names. So keep in mind you're blind picking here. Sure, you can fifth pick, but this was a gin blind. If you're looking to blind pick your AD, uh, we need to uh, keep this in mind too. Another thing is we need to keep in mind matchups. Uh, like, you, you can't just pick Sivir to pick Sivir. Like, it doesn't work that way. You know, Sivir needs to survive a lane phase, and the lane phase is uh, very important. Ellis recommended Varro's good tank shred. Hmm. Well, I guess it would be okay. Like, you have an ult against Echo that he doesn't like to deal with. But Varro's has been nerfed so many times that it just makes his uh, lane so, so weak. And that uh, really, really hurts. I think, I think Varus is nerfed really, really hard. I think, if anything, maybe Kogma, right? But Kogma needs a composition too around him. Kogma definitely needs like a, cog, uh, like, like a comp around him. Maybe the Lulu top or some shit, you know? But I think Caitlyn, like just to keep it simple and not get stuck here forever, just, just Caitlyn would have been uh, the best choice in my opinion. And then uh, Misfortune uh, gets locked in. Honestly here, it doesn't matter what AD carry you pick. You just need to pick an AD carry that doesn't run it down. And then uh, Nautilus. Okay. And then uh, finally uh, the set pick into the Orn. So you have a very AD heavy team. Uh, a team that will struggle to kill Orn. That was easy to predict. Fnatic have full comfort. Sure, they're playing champions they all enjoy playing and they're good at. But that is not going to mask the tough truth of this game. The tough and hard truth of this game is indeed that, uh, you know, you're going to get outscaled and uh, 
you need to snowball giga hard in order for that to happen. And Jin Trash against Misfortune Nautilus, it's not some crazy matchup that is going to you know make a difference. Um, it is not something that is going to be like some big decider. Jin uh, Trash is, is fine. And Echo Syndra, arguable. It's a skill matchup. It's a 2v2. It's a 2v2 that Grave Syndra early win, but they need to do enough damage uh, to, to Echo for it to matter. Eventually, Echo is going to uh, get Mercury and win the 1v1. Orn as well. Like, set Graves can do some damage to Orn, which they did in this game. You know, uh, Beppo had a good early lane phase, but it just wasn't big enough to matter. Uh, in this game, and Orn eventually bought some, uh, uh, you know, some some Orn items. Echo reached Death Cap, and the game is just over. Misfortune was also super fired on CS, and um, that's it. That was it. Uh, it. It's just a composition that just doesn't uh, do well. If you think about other choices that they can make here in the fifth pick, I think uh, you know someone in spam writing Silas in the chat. Silas would be good. Uh, some some good ults here. Echo Orn and uh, and, uh, and Nautilus, there's some decent ults uh, for for Silas. Uh, you synergize better with Graves than Set, uh, but the early game wasn't really issue uh, for for Graves and Set uh, on the top side. Uh, definitely uh, Silas would have been better, but uh, I think with how weak the first four picks are against Orn and Echo, I think even Silas wouldn't save them. I think. Uh, just um, Fnatic went to full comfort and if this is what we see from Fnatic when Shen, Evelyn, Lucian is banned we might have a problem with Fnatic I think Fnatic need to recognize that uh, they are very good in lane very very good in lane and I think uh, they can do well against LGD and TSM in lane and as long as time is their friend, I think uh, they're going to do so good. I think they beca can become greedier in the champions that they choose. I think Whipple has had a good run in the tournament so far. I think they just need to go greedier, understand that the games against LGD and TSM are going to be very, very slow. And uh, macro-wise and also you know, in terms of how... Uh, they play out the lane phases. I think, uh, you know, uh, they're going to be good. I still think Fnatic, if they see this, this this clear identity of the group, I think Fnatic can still take second. I don't think anyone's going to beat Genji in this group. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I doubt it. And... Um, uh, it is what it is. You know, Genji is looking stronger and stronger. The first day, LGD, the only reason they came close was because BDD wasn't really performing that well. And uh, also, uh, what's his name? Ruler wasn't performing uh, perfectly, but today they played much better and Genji looks super dangerous. You know, Clid is legit. Clid is playing well. Uh, Rascal is playing super well, and all the other pieces of the team we knew already are going to play well. So Genji first in this group, uh, no problem. Sure, it might happen that they play spoiler, they drop a game, but Genji first, I think, uh, no questions asked. I think LZK is looking monstrous in this tournament. So all in all, you know, we've been talking about 51 minutes. 
I don't know if I'm talking slower this episode or just talking more, but I think uh, we can take a look at this little uh, capture here, uh, which uh, has uh, the groups. I'm just going to make it a little bit bigger so I can actually see it. I'm uh, legally blind. Um, G2, uh, 1-0. I, I don't think uh, the group A is as settled as people want to make it out to be. Like people are waving the white flag for America and so forth. But I don't think everything is dead. I think Team Liquid can bounce back from that game. I think Machi is legit. But Suning and G2 showed some serious issues in their game. That of course they can also improve on. But I don't think this game, this group is like dusted and settled at all. Uh, Machi is in uh, in to play. I think uh, this group A, there's a world where it might look similar to group C in terms of uh, closeness. And uh, I don't think uh, we can, you know, just assume that this is over. Team Liquid can definitely, you know, bounce back uh, from that game. I, I wouldn't be worried, you know. Anyhow... I think um, just the question is Team Liquid's depth in terms of champion pool. That's the only thing that's worrying. Because today we saw that Machi can match them in terms of play and play even better. But, but they also have deeper champion pools. Which after today, it's hard to predict Team Liquid uh, in the next match that they play. So... Team Liquid have a lot of issues to, to figure out, but it's one game. That's not... Uh, uh, Team Liquid fans don't give up uh, so quickly. <laughs> uh, group B, down one first. Uh, we might have a tiebreak against JDG. I don't think we should count out JDG uh, so quick, but um, JDG seem pretty cocktail in the way they draft, and down one seem to be very precise in the way they draft, and uh, they seem to be the best drafting team uh, throughout uh, uh, the tournament. So with this uh, being said, it's hard to imagine that JDG is going to claw uh, the way back. But um, I think Rogue a third. Maybe they can find an opportunity where JDG troll draft or something. But JDG is better than Rogue. Uh, it, it, like we, I, I don't think we can get too excited about that. Rogue is not a team that is going to do something insanely crazy against uh, you know, any team. If they find opportunities where they level one kill and do uh, stuff like that, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, just to finalize on G2, of course G2 can get better too. Uh, I think uh, Suning can also get better. Suning dropped a game that was won. G2 today, uh, Jankos ran it down like he has never ran down before. And I'm sure he's going to bounce back. It's just the Vietnamese uh, jungle curse. Looking at Group C, TSM just need to... Play to their beloved strengths. Uh, you need to play to the, your beloved strengths. Show what you're capable of with the 2v2 mid. Give Bjergsen a champion and the 2v2 that can actually function. Zillion Nidalee, Nidalee Syndra is, uh, you know, just uh, not that great synergy-wise. And uh, I want to see more action on this front. First game, Bjergsen, you know, he laned against a nemesis that lost 3 minions. So he was up XP, he had no flash. He managed to get a CS lead, which was good. You know, he used the situation. But other than that, you know, he, he did one gank into topside. But uh, but Lucian bought Mana Mune, was relevant in the game, roamed into top twice too. And I don't think he proved that he's better than Nemesis in any shape or form. I don't think, uh, you know, with the start that Syndra had in this game, that, uh, that you can easily say that uh, the Nemesis uh, played worse. I think that's uh, completely unfair. 
uh, Parks was ramping up in G2, of course, uh, but there was a lot of, um, you know, issues there. There was a lot of uh, issues that Parks also uh, brought to the table, but he was saying in the interview that uh, the team was quite nervous on their first game, so I'm expecting a better G2. At Group C, my prediction with Genji Fanari going out, I think still uh, I'm going to stick to it, unless, uh, you know, LGD, I just thought their draft is so predictable, but maybe Fnatic's draft is more predictable. TSM need to realize that uh, you can't draft Nidalee with whatever the fuck in mid. You need to have, you know, in TSM's case, when they have Nidalee TF, that works. These are champions that synergize. But other than that, I don't think Bjergsen wants to play the right champions. Not saying that he doesn't want to because he has some ego, but I think in the context of TSM, he doesn't want to. Group D tomorrow is deci decides everything. Top East was against DRX. I think the Korean teams have shown better prep. But uh, Top Esports and JDG are still really fucking good. I, I think this matchup is going to be close in the context of best of one. I think in best of five, I would go Top Esports side. But best of one is going to be tough to predict. I lean towards Top Esports, but I can still see a world with DRX win. And also, of course, for FlyQuest, Unicorns of Love, they're fighting for third. I believe Unicorns of Love is better than, than FlyQuest, but hopefully FlyQuest can show us a lot more than they did against Top Esports. Uh, and that's just uh, how it is. The Unicorns of Love were lucky that they showed us what they're capable of in playing because they got massacred even harder by DRX. I think uh, Korean teams just uh, in play, like in group stages, have always been fucking good. They come with great preparation and uh, that makes them so, so dangerous. Things to pay, uh, pay attention to is Pantheon. Everyone's talking about Pantheon. I think this champion is fucking good. I think Graves... Uh, we're going to see less spots where it gets picked. I think some teams need to accept that they can't play Graves. Some teams need to accept that they don't play Nidalee. And against the teams that do play them, you might have to remove them. I think Graves, uh, you know, needs a mid laner with Pryo. That's why I mentioned Zoe. He needs a tank in the top lane, like an Orn. Like if you have Orn, Graves, Zoe, that's a fucking comp for Graves. And he's super, super happy. The issue with Graves is he doesn't have an AP jungle item. That's the problem with Graves. All the other AP junglers, they have AP jungle item and uh, it just increases your clear speed by such a crazy absurd amount. It is completely unfair. And um, with that being said, if Graves makes a mistake and he's ahead of, uh, behind the curve and the enemy jungle has, you know, the AP jungle item, they just bolt ahead. Nidalee gets ahead like a rocket and that's, uh, you know, a blower. Kindred as a champion into Graves, you know, Kindred has decent scaling, an ultimate that is going to be so much more useful than Graves will ever do. And uh, I think um, some teams just need to stick to what they know and stick to what they can win with because everyone's trying to be cheeky, but it's not working. That's why I appreciated Rogue's draft, even though against Daman it's not going to work, is because they stuck true to what they know. Uh, and uh, they didn't try to bullshit themselves. Oh, Finn, you're going to play a carry. And Spite, you're going to lock in Graves. And, you know, Smurf on Canyon. They didn't uh, kid themselves at all. They gave, uh, you know, the issue in that game was that the Raider game was too weak. And Damon capitalized. But I think Damon right now in the current form is going to capitalize on whatever weakness your draft comes with. And uh, Damon just showed uh, a great depth. And uh, usually I'm not the type of person that says that uh, a team is unbeatable because no one is. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. Thank you so much uh, for watching this summary of um, uh, day number two. 
of the group stages. I was on the analyst yesterday. I feel uh, very honored. It was good to work with uh, Shox and Ender again. Really, really uh, fantastic and talented individuals. They are really, really good what they do. They make it so goddamn easy for me to just sit there and talk shit and wear a suit and dangle uh, Ender's earring, which is, uh, which is fun. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, the teams you want to pay attention to, down one. I was talking a little bit about Pantheon and how OP it is and about Graves and the jungle meta in general. I want to see Gragas support. I think Gragas is the counter to Pantheon. Uh, Gragas is so goddamn good into Pantheon. It's it's a great champion. I love Gragas support. You're going to hear this many, many times. And uh, I want to see Silas into Orn if people start picking Silas into Orn. And a little shout out to Zidcore for subscribing with Pitch Prime. This video is now one hour long. We're going to move on into a G2 versus Sooning review. What about Gary's support? Trash. Absolute trash ever since they nerfed, uh, you know, W. W Flash. Which support item on Gragas just uh, lasted minions? Tarek into Pantheon is okay, but I think you can find better. Tarek is a bit too slow. Pantheon can find ways to impact the map. I think, you know, if we look at these teams, let's just do one final thing. If we look at the teams and look at, like, the best performance performers in, in the top end of the group, I think Mission in Machi Esports, very juicy. Uh, Gemini was also good. Sooning, I think SoFM, what an absolute fucking beast, SoFM. G2, I think Mickey and Caps. I want to give more props to Mickey because Caps is expected. Mickey also kind of expected, but this was a fucking performance. He kept them in the game. Damwon, Canyon, what a fucking monster. Canyon, Ghost also uh, going under the radar. Absolute beast. Everyone on Damwon is just doing fucking well, but Canyon is just above and beyond the best performing jungler right now. Joe Cross only played one game, and that was against FlyQuest, so, uh, you know, it's a bit of an unfair situation, but up until this point. Don't go grab a spell thief. Uh, JD Gaming, I think Lumao. Ooh, Lumao is an absolute beast. Uh, Rogue, I think, uh, yeah, today Larson underperformed, I think, uh, in terms of uh, what Ro impressed me about Rogue is just their bottom. I think their bot is playing super well at this tournament. Genji, I think also Clid is the standout performer for Genji. I think Ruler definitely stepped up, BDD stepped up. But across two games, I think Genji, uh, you know, Genji Clid was a monster. Fnatic, after today, it's kind of hard to say, honestly, hard to say. Against TSM, I think Hillisang and Selfmade uh, did most of the legwork. Uh, DRX, Pyoshik, oof. Yoshik, very, very good. Chovy did absolutely fucking nothing in their win. Let's be honest. Top Esports, I think 369 was an absolute beast. Uh, but all in all, uh, let's end the video there. This was the longest summary uh, to date. I don't know if something there's something that we should be proud about or not. You miss PSG? As you can see, brother, I'm only referencing to teams that have uh, potential in my eyes uh, coming into the rest of the group. Uh, um, I spoke about uh, some of the other teams, uh, but all in all, I don't think they have like a standout player that is really, really tying everything together. Thank you so much for watching. Bless you and bless your face. I've tried to end this video many, many times. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, let's just stop.
Stop now.